episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on November the 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, poking his squishy meat. Ew. Caffeine rage, I think. Ew. Yeah, that one, that was not my best work. It just kind of, like, dropped on me, like, to say something about meat. Well, well, to be fair, how often do you actually put in the effort? True. On today's Lazy show, ass. we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. Amazon's New World is on fire. Ubisoft drinks the crypto Kool-Aid, announces plans to develop a blockchain game. Sony has formed the PlayStation PC label for its PC games push. We'll have an article from our community corner, how California's wildfire skies ended up in Call of Duty Vanguard. And we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rach. Hello. What's shaking, Bacon? Oh, uh, well, definitely not much, because, yeah, we definitely haven't been sitting here and talking for who knows how long, right? Right, about 45 minutes, minus the little bit when my internet, like, went... Which, to be fair, you know, is often. Yeah, but it was it was worse than its sort of normal levels of, you know, sit and spin, so... Right. Network, network engineering was always my worst thing in any of the, like, tech classes I took in school. But whenever you go look at your router's, like, diagnostic tool and you see that, like, the CPU keeps spiking to, like, 100%, that's probably not a good thing. Well, it's so, bad I, I tweaked a couple of settings and set my computer to the highest priority level on the router so that hopefully it doesn't, like, melt itself. I live in a really hot and humid client that t- or client, climate. Yeah, you live in a client. To- I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, against, uh, yeah. That, that's not a relationship you're stabbed with your clients? That's extremely unethical, let me tell you. Um, but uh, I live in an extremely hot and humid climate most of the time. I mean, it's humid year-round, and it's hot like three-quarters of the year. So I just, I don't know. I, I think I just have had technology that gets destroyed rapidly by the heat and the humidity. And let's be that's honest. That's the only thing uh, I can come up with. Uh, Either that or I'm extremely unlucky. Uh, 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 well, and also... Uh, modern technology is a lot more fragile than you know what they used to build because yeah you know, things are just so more uh, so much more spe- uh, specific, uh, sophisticated you know yeah uh, and also yeah you know, it's built cheaper because right but yeah. you know compare uh, you know just the older uh, uh, consoles to uh, the more modern ones that yeah the more modern ones are a hell of a lot more fragile than the yeah you know, like. The NES and game, uh, original Game Boy, where you just had to eventually kill them. Because they just yeah. won't die on their own. Speaking of which games we played? Yeah, games we played. So uh, uh, We'll just dive right yeah, in. So, Go for it. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, I've been playing a Nintendo game lately because, hey, I have access to one. So why the hell not? So I've been playing some Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. The latest of the Super Smash Brothers series. This I'm playing just the base game. I'm not playing with you know, the what like fifteen extra fighters from the DLC or something like that. Yeah, there's an absurd roster for this game, and 
I've never been one for fighting games, but this one has kind of like a low barrier to entry. It's not super slow, but it's also sluggish enough. Or I don't want to call it sluggish because that sounds uh, yeah uh, like a bad term for it. But it's not super fast. Where you know I, it feels like I have to have frame perfect timings to even uh, stand a t- chance. Like some of the yeah. more modern, like Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter. Uh, uh, iterations uh but it's also not so slow that you know it's boring it does require some uh uh well actually a fair amount of timing but it, it has that kind of low barrier to entry plus where there's so many different characters it's you know find the one you want and there's usually at least one or two others that are comparable uh, that's probably my biggest complaint about uh, Smash Brothers is that there's a for as big as the roster is, you can probably slash it by about a third if you remove all the extremely similar characters. Like Mario and Luigi are probably a good <coughs> are the two really good examples where they have very similar move sets with the ex- with the exception of like their uh, specials. Where one might, uh, where Luigi might get out his ghost vacuum and uh, suck someone up uh, to grab him, and Mario just reaches out and you know, pin a uh, pimp slaps him, you know, just like your one clown spirit, right? <laughs> right, indeed. Uh, but that makes sense. I've been mostly playing several months. Uh, well, I actually uh, completely playing single player, and there's a lot of single player content in this game. I'm only about a third of the way through the World of Light, which is kind of their story mode, which is a continuation of the previous ones, which, since I never played, I have no idea what the hell's going on outside of, hey, everybody dies except Kirby, or gets captured, and you have to go through this uh, kingdom to try to save everybody one by one, and collecting spirits, which is essentially the, uh, well, not consumable, but their uh, power boosts, and also the add different modifiers to your uh, character. Like, it could make it so that it, you could ignore certain hazards that may pop up on the game board. Like, uh, on one uh, uh, fight, the floor might be lava. Yeah, you know, just like that Netflix show, right? <laughs> right. Or the controls might invert randomly. Or, uh, you know, the uh, enemy might, uh, they may be giants. Or, you know, a a completely different band. Uh, But uh, there are spirits that negate that, but there's also ones that kind of boost you up, uh, you know, makes you a giant, or uh, gives you uh, uh, increased power with certain types of attacks, or uh, gives you a weapon or uh, some sort of item to start off. And as you go around the game board and also playing some of the other modes, you unlock these as well. It has kind of that you know, little dopamine hit of you know getting something often enough that it doesn't feel monotonous. Yeah, you know, like oh, I got something else. Whoa, woo, right? But also has yeah. it where you know it's something new and different uh, every single time because there's like eight or nine hundred different spirits to unlock of varying rarities and types. And there is some crossover. There's quite a few that does the same thing. But then you could uh, sacrifice the, your spares to uh, summon in other ones that you may need or may have not unlocked yet. Like, 
Um, one, I sacrificed a couple of spares I had to summon a, a powerful primary spirit, which boosts the fighting power of your guy on the spirit board in the single player thing. Uh, and got M. Bison, because of course I did, right? <coughs> yes! <laughs> no, I'm not joking. M. Bison. It, it's actually Bison from Street Fighter. Nice. Uh, and there's so many different characters in this game. It, Guinness gives, uh, the, uh, yeah, uh, the biggest fighting game roster to a PlayStation 2, uh, era wrestling game. But still, 80-some characters before getting to DLC characters is quite a few. Yeah. And is one of the higher ones, if not the highest, of the traditional two or two and a half D uh, fighting games. And there's pretty much someone for everybody on this, which it's quite impressive, actually. And there are some that I think are absolutely rubbish that I'm sure the right person that gets dedicated to it could uh, play. Except for Lil Mac, he sucks. <laughs> Glass cannon, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to think of anything else. I haven't really uh, gotten a chance to play online. I've been, you know, just kind of tr- uh, going through the story content, really, and going through the single player stuff. Uh, there's uh, additional stuff where you could uh, send your spirits off to go collect resources uh, on a time thing. Uh, there's, uh, uh, Doc's gym that, uh, levels them up because, uh, all of them start off at level one because of course they do. And you can either fight with them, leave them in the gym or give them snacks that you get through fighting through, uh, doing some of the other things. Like there's a classic mode that is a string of, uh, five fights and each character has a different set. Uh, which all culminates in an end ball. So, you know, it's like Luigi's Nightmare, and it's like all the scary-looking <laughs> fighters in all the scary situations. <laughs> uh, yeah. Little Mac is, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 a sparring, and it's all the, you know, kind of like boxing and wrestling-style uh, characters. The Pokemon Trainer, it's, you're fighting all the other Pokemon <laughs> Until you get into a mirror match <laughs> with another Pokemon trainer. Uh, I mean, it's uh, impressive just the amount of variety in the game. Yeah. I- I'm not sure if the DLC is worth it for me, but that's mostly because uh, outside of maybe one or two of the characters, I'm not really interested in them. Gotta admit, Sephiroth looks interesting, though. And plus, you know, having, you know, uh, Cloud versus Sephiroth in Smash does sound fun, doesn't it? It does sound interesting. Because Cloud is one of the base uh, characters, so of course he is, right? Yeah. That's cool, actually. That's very cool. I'm I'm way, like, nothing, like, against, um, you know, against the Smash Brothers series. I have played several mm-hmm. of them and have enjoyed them. Generally speaking, I don't. I'm not really super interested in the Smash. Well, well, uh, like games well this anymore. was more Adita picked it up uh, ages ago, and I've just recently started playing it. I think that might be it, actually, because I don't really have. I don't have anybody to play with, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, playing yeah. Smash Online has been has never been great and never been a great experience. I haven't gotten around to trying it online. 
I've been wanting to get used to it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but there's enough single player content that, yeah, I feel yeah, like it's worth it. Uh, but yeah. more so if you do have somebody that you can play with, of course, locally. And it does support, uh, actually, the GameCube controllers as well. So, I actually, it, well, uh, at the Anime Con, I did not played uh, Mario Kart with uh, GameCube controllers on, uh, on uh, the Switch. And it kind of clicked with her, so I picked up a pair. So, we would actually be able to play this together uh, uh, with GameCube controllers. We're talking about once uh, she has her school <clears throat> stuff kind of die down, uh, probably uh, towards the end of the this month. Uh, do some like co-op to yep, yeah, get a feel for uh, the game uh, together, you know. Yeah, as my kid gets older, I'll probably be playing more games like Smash mm-hmm. more, you know, more frequently, and that'll probably be great. I mean, you know. I tend to enjoy playing games with my kid, at least for a little bit, so... And who knows, maybe once I get back into it, I'll be like, Ah, yes, I remember how how much I love this game and why. Because the the most memories I have from it were playing in college, like sitting in the dorms, playing Melee, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just fight, you know, playing every day, every night... Yeah, see, I never really... Studying and homework and stuff. See, I never really had anybody to play fighting games with, so... It's more, you know... Never really got into them. Maybe. Yeah, Smash was the only fighting game I was ever any good at. I and mean, when I say any good at, like, certainly not, like, tournament level or anything, but, like, I felt like I knew what I was doing in Smash versus other fighting games. I'm like, erp, I'm gonna push all the buttons and hope for the best. Yeah, I'm just uh, looking at the DLC as well because there's two main fighter packs. Each one, well, one's 25 and one's 30. And honestly, you're not really saving anything because uh, the 25 one, it's five characters. And oh, oh, sorry, you save slightly. Each character is uh, between five and six bucks. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you are saving a little bit, but it's not as much of a saving as you would see in other places. But that's Nintendo for you, right? That is Nintendo for you. And honestly, uh,. I'm just looking at these. I, I guess the second one would be the one I would actually be interested in more because uh, Sephiroth and Sora. Because hey, remember Sora uh, became uh, came uh, to be a fighter, right? Yes, indeed. And everybody lost their shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm you know I'm happy that people get excited about it, but I was mm-hmm. like, who like what? Who cares? Why do mm-hmm. I care? But I'm just an old curmudgeon. Like, yeah. I don't want to begrudge people their fun for being happy to see mm-hmm. a character that they want to see in Smash, you know? Yeah, true. I would, uh, uh, well, I have toyed around with a little bit of the online just sitting and watching fights. Because there's a spectate yeah. mode that you could kind of bet on people uh, for points to uh, get spirits as well and unlock stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't actually seen Sora pop up that much outside of the first day. But it's kind of interesting just to sit and watch the fights as well. There's something uh, aesthetically pleasing about, you know, watching Sephiroth uh, kick Mario's ass. <laughs> yeah, I could I could resonate with that. I could see how that would be interesting to watch and enjoyable. Or, you know, finally see Mario beat the shit out of Bowser. <laughs> 
Right. I've done that plenty of times playing Smash. Yeah. I like playing Bowser, too. Yeah, and there's a... And this was way, bef- way before the days of Bowsette. Well, sorry. I don't think there's a Bowsette in the game yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, g- give it the next iteration, right? We'll get there. Maybe someday. Modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would say probably well with the price if you're even slightly interested in fighting games, just because there's a lot of content there, even without online, which I do think online requires their online pass. I'm, pretty, I'm actually almost 100% sure it does. Uh, yeah, it requires the online membership, which is an extra 20. Uh, and I may have acquired an amiibo, uh, to send online as well for, uh, yeah, watching it kick the shit out of things. Or I should say, right. in sarcasm quotes, amiibo. Sarcasm, well, no, it, it wouldn't be sarcasm. You did acquire. Yeah. And something. Teehee. That's, that's how I feel about that. Considering how much a, an amiibo costs these days, that, that's compatible with that feature, right? Right, and and hypothetically speaking, you know how inexpensive NFT cards are, mm-hmm. and readers and programmers, you know, yeah, sp- yeah, especially allegedly if I have uh, an alleged Android phone. <laughs> Yarg! My favorite thing, raising the Jolly Roger. Um, is that yeah? Is that it? Yeah, at is least for now, I might I might talk a bit more about it later on once I do some online and maybe do some classic mode with Adidas to have uh, more to talk about. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, I played a game by the name of Twelve Minutes. So oh, no, I'll be short. Twelve minutes. Yeah, if only. Um, 12 Minutes is a game that is nearly impossible to talk about without spoilers. I'm going to give some very broad, spoiler-free thoughts at the beginning. Then I'll tell you what I'm going to get a little bit into. And I'm not going to spoil everything. I do think there's a lot here, but I can't really articulate a couple of my points without spoiling a few things in the game. So, you know, I know uh, if you don't want to... Uh, zero Punctuation did a semi-spoiler one, and he did not, he was not impressed. Uh, Yahtzee. Yeah. Yeah, so my uh, my general, my very general feelings for this game could be described as kind of a roller coaster. It starts out really strong, and you're like, whoa, yeah, this is a neat idea, with the way that it, I mean, you know, it's Groundhog Day. Like, the premise of the game is that you're trapped in a time loop, and you're trying to figure out how to, you know, complete quote-unquote the loop, so that you can break it. And it starts out really strong. I mean, you know, if you go into this and you don't even know that premise, you'll be really surprised after the, you know, the first day, I guess, or the first, but basically, the first, you know, loop. Basically, if you only, like, download it on Game Pass or something, right? Yeah. Because pretty much all the marketing talked about this. Yeah, so if you just, like, saw it pop up pop up on Game Pass, you're like, huh, 12 minutes, what's this game? And then you saw, like, that it's got... James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe as its, like, voice actors. You're like, holy shit, a game with that all-star cast? Let's, let me try that out. And that's one of my complaints, but we'll get there in a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's a time loop game. And it starts out really strong, and the way it handles the time loop premise 
with video games. I mean, there have been other games that have done time loops before. Certainly, this isn't, like, the very first time that a game has ever done it. But the way in which the game plays and works is, like, sort of a... Almost like a point-and-click adventure, but, you know, with a bit more interactivity in the way that you walk around um, and can observe things and, and the way that things can, shall we say, change as you um, go through multiple loops of this. Like, it handles that really well, and it's really exciting and neat and and then you hit a point where it's like, oh my god, like point and click adventure moon logic. And it becomes very, very frustrating and painful and difficult to work your way through what you're supposed to do because of how specific, like down to the like moment, because the, the, the time loop, it takes place. It, the game is called 12 Minutes. The time loop itself depending on some things that you do is is anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes long but so the average initial, 12 yeah but the initial like eight minutes unless you really change things like happens the same every time um basically until you really get in there and like start changing things time loop games sort of like how uh american nightmare was where really cool yeah. how uh, they were doing it but it got monotonous going the same place over and over again, even with them shortening it to every single loop. Yeah. But, but so, but so, you know, it becomes frustrating because it's like, you've got to, you know, let, let's say that you have to wait six minutes to be able to do something, but then you mess it up. You've got to start the loop over and then wait six minutes to try to do the thing again. So that gets frustrating. And then, like I said, moon logic, and I won't say anything else in, until I get to the slightly spoilery section, but then, I, I I I looked up a guide <laughs> to help me figure out what I was doing wrong and get past that, which made me go, oh, wow, because they really do have a lot of different ways you can approach this, at least in the beginning, as it's like kind of like funneling you down to the thing that you have to do. And so, like, I did things like out of order and it still worked fine. And I messed with things that it, like, and got different scenarios that weren't even covered in the guide. So that's interesting. And, like, there's a lot of stuff out there. But, you know, you, you get this frustrating metal. And then you get past that. And the ending of the game is, like, some weird esoteric bullshit. So that's, like, roller coaster down again. Which and then is it comes what, back uh, up. Which is what Zero Punctuation ended at. But didn't say yeah, it, specifically what it was. And then it comes back up, but I think that that's only, like, for me and the few people that are like, oh, yes, you see, if you look at the symbolism present in this moment here and that moment there and how they come together, like, it's that level of, like, you know, you have to be into it to appreciate and enjoy it, I think, so. Otherwise, it sucks. You know, over overall, what I think you should do, if you're interested in this game at all, is you should download it and play it. For about two hours. That's where it took me to like get super frustrated. Then stop playing it. Go look up a guide that walks you through the rest of the steps for like how the game plays out. And then if you're really interested in like the esoteric stuff at the end, go watch a YouTube video. <laughs> I think that's probably the best way to play this game. And that's all I can really say about it without getting into spoiler territory. So let's, you know, if you, if, if that's like, Huh, that's weird. I want to go check that out. And you don't want to know anything else? Skip ahead to the timestamp. Go check it out. It's on Game Pass. If you wanted to buy it, it's like 20 bucks. No, it's 25 bucks on Steam. I don't think it's worth 25 bucks, but they got to pay 
you know, the, the, the expensive actors some way, unless they did this as like a favor, like, you know, maybe somebody knows somebody, but or, I guess or, one or, other or, thing I can say some pictures, right? Yeah. I guess the one other, the only other thing I can say is that if I didn't know that James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley were in this game from like the title sequence, I wouldn't know because they don't sound like themselves. They don't sound like any character I've ever heard them play. The voice acting is bad. It's very disjointed. It's it's like they had two, you know, I'm sh- and I'm sure that they did not have them together to record this dialogue. I'm sure that they had, you know, it's it's very stilted. Like, all right, Mr. McAvoy, I want you, I need you to read your lines. You know, that was one recording day, and then another day it was like, all right, Miss Ridley, we need you to record your lines, and so she recorded her lines, and then they kind of spliced them together in the game. Willem Dafoe is excellent, but Willem Dafoe is just so fucking weird. I don't think he couldn't be excellent at like a weird role because his character is weird. Um, and so it's like, you know, Willem Dafoe is great. And if the whole game was just about like wandering around with Willem Dafoe in a time loop, I would be there. This would be a 10 out of 10. The game could be about anything. And you stick me in a time loop with Willem Dafoe. I'm, I'm there. Right. But, you know, he just, as one, you know, member of this three-part voice, I mean, there's some other minor voice actors that, that show up to do stuff. Um, like, no one, like, big and famous, I don't think. But there are other voice actors in this game for, like, very minor parts. But, you know, that's, that's your big three that you interact with on every single loop unless you in the loop early. So, voice acting, big letdown. Spend your money on Willem Dafoe, fine. Keep him, love that man. James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, lovely actors. I'm sure they're wonderful people, but they were just either not given good direction or were not recorded well or something because they are not good in this. So, all right, now we're, we're having to, to go into spoiler territory. So, the, the, I mean, the key conceit of the game is the time loop and things that you can interact with and change to learn your way through the time loop. Um, you come home and your character, like, you come out of the elevator, you walk up to your apartment, you walk in. And that's where the time loop starts, is you walking into the apartment. So every time something happens where you end the loop, either you get to the natural end of the loop, which ends with your death, or you do something that ends the loop early, either you kill yourself early, you try to leave the apartment. Um, there's a certain, there's a few other fail conditions, like if something else like a bad like happens. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't, I mean, you, you can shoot yourself, you can electrocute yourself, you can, um, take like overdose on sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get beat the fuck up, choked out. Um, what's the other ways that you can die? There's a couple other ways that you can die. Um, you can be killed by, uh, Willem Dafoe in a couple of different ways. Um, Willem Dafoe's character, but you, you spend like the first, the first time just play the loop normally Get the gist for what's going on. Um, and then after that, start messing with things. And there there really are a lot of different options that you can do. And some of them are sort of red herrings, things that seem like they make sense or would be important if this was a normal time loop 
story mm-hmm. that's like, oh, I need to know to know this detail and remember this this detail no, so I don't. can fix this thing and do this thing. But you don't. You really don't because it's not important to the overall, you know, sort of esoteric story. It's what you like this is the game messing with what you know as the player who has watched, you know, Groundhog Day and other, you know, time loop movies like Happy Death. Yeah, it Day turns out like you don't that. have to like, send uh learn poetry and how to p- play the piano. You know, there you do have to learn poetry, though. Or the game makes you think you have to learn poetry. So, the the time loop plays out. You come home. Your your wife has prepared a special dessert for you. You sit down. You yes, eat the I dessert. Know. You have a conversation. She has she has a secret to tell you, which is that she's pregnant. Um, and that, uh, you know, she thinks it's going to be a girl. That can reveal some backstory about your character, depending on your, the dialogue choices that you make can reveal some information about your character and his backstory. Um, then depending on how the conversation goes over dinner, you will either start to have a dance or start to make out or cuddle on the couch. Like, you know, if you just like, Oh, it was a good date. Or I mean, if it's a bad date, if you fuck up, she gets pissed and she goes in the bedroom and you know, like closes the door on you or whatever, like that can happen. You can do, (laughs) you can do some random bullshit too. Like if you walk in and you open the fridge and get the dessert and start eating the dessert, she gets pissed at you. Um, and she gets pissed at you in different ways too, because if it's like you just walk in, you start eating the dessert, she'll be like, Oh, I had that saved for a special surprise. And then like she gets upset. Or if she tells you about the dessert and then like sets the table and you sit down and start eating without her at the table, (laughs) then she gets pissed off because you didn't wait for her. Or if you, like, take the dessert, both desserts, and put them in your inventory, <laughs> she gets mad at you for being selfish. So there's, I mean, there's lots of interesting, weird things that you can do that really don't matter all that much, um, other than just, like, to explore and get different responses. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, that that's a sort of thing that's like, okay, it's neat that they did that. I can appreciate that. But anyway, so you go through this date, this interaction, you know, this sort of, like, date night. And there's some stuff that you can see happening outside the window, like a storm comes in and the rain and um, a cop car drives past and then you hear somebody come out of the elevator and they walk up. They bang on your door and this is Willem Dafoe's character. And he's like, it's the police. Open up. And they, they open up the door and he's like, you're under arrest for murder. He's talking to your wife. He's like, you're under arrest for murder. And he, you know, so he handcuffs both of you. Um, but I mean, if you're paying attention, like you can recognize that there's zip ties, not actual handcuffs. It's like, something ain't right. Something something ain't right. And then if you just lay there on the ground after he has quote-unquote arrested both of you and let them talk, you learn the gist of, of what's going on. Like, this guy has come, he's accusing your wife of killing her father, and he wants the watch. What You know, whatever this watch is, he wants it. And then she doesn't tell him, uh, you know, she refuses to tell him, so he comes over and he kills you. And then the time loop resets. And so then you think... Okay, what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to figure out, like, how to get this... Where's the watch? How do I get it? Where, what the wa- how do I what's like, the watch? Yeah. What's the watch? Where's the watch? How is the watch? And why is the watch? And who is the watch? And so you go through your time loop. You go through the time loop multiple times. It took me, like, 20 or 25 loops before I finally... Because fi- there's some stuff in there that's red herrings. Like, there's stuff that you can interact with and things that you can do. And that will change stuff about future loops that don't do anything. To getting you towards your goal it's just which that's frustrating you know it, it, the game never tells you like you don't need to do this i think maybe 
one of the things is there to like show you that you can interact with this type of item in the environment and then later on you find the watch hidden behind a similar item but the game never calls out never gives you any hints never anything that you should be looking for more of this thing other places so but you know i went through the loop enough times to figure out how to get the watch and how to give it to this guy so that he would leave and it's like all right i did the thing i figured out what the backstory is behind the watch I forgave my wife, at least, you know, in the game, like, my character says he forgives his wife. Give the cop the watch, and he's like, oh, you made the right choice, and he leaves. And as soon as he leaves, the loop resets. And your character is, is exasperated. He's like, what? I figured it out. Why am I still here? What's going on? And that reflect, you know, that reflects my feeling about mm-hmm. the game, and that's where the frustration set in. Because then I spent, like, another hour doing, like, permutations on the loop, looking for other clues. I found some other clues. But the moon logic kicks in. The thing that you have to do to advance the storyline. And I I kind of already figured this out. It's like, I know what I need to do. Because the game tells you, like, you know, gives you a hint of, like, I've got it. Like, I can't attack this guy head on. Like, he's too strong. Even if I, like, get him, he's strong enough to get me. Because, like, you know, you get a kitchen knife and you can attack him. You can, like, try to tackle him. You can try to take his gun. But every time he gets you, there's, like, there's got to be a way that I can get him. Like, there's got to be some way to, you know, to where that I can a- attack him and knock him out or something. And the game is even saying, like, you know, I I, I can't take him head on. I spent forever f- trying to, like, figure out the moon logic before I gave up. And this is where I, I like, stopped playing for a bit after I went and looked up how to do this. So... You go, you have to knock him out, mm-hmm. right? You have to make him unconscious. There's a light switch in your bedroom that has a short in it. it this is like a, a two-bedroom or two-room apartment with a bathroom. Uh, a shitty one, it um, sounds like. A shitty apartment. It's very small. Um, there's a light switch that has a short in it. So you have to go into the bedroom, flip the light switch on and off once. And, like, you get shocked, but it's just, like, a minor shock. Then the next time anybody flips on the light switch, it electrocutes them and either, like, it kills your wife because she's not wearing any shoes, so she's not grounded, I guess. Because that's how it works, right? Yeah, because that's how that works. Or if you use it, or if the cop uses it, air quotes cop, it just knocks you out because you're wearing shoes and are therefore grounded. I guess. Or, or um, insulated. Insulated, yeah. So you have to you have to trigger the first light switch, then prevent your wife from going in and, and using it. Um because she triggers it, and you have to set it up for something else, like for her. So you have to trigger the light switch to where that it shocks somebody but doesn't knock them out. Then you have to go find sleeping pills, which I did find, and once you find them, like, then, you get too then, easy every time. And then time. you rub them on the light switch. <laughs> no, you have to go get sleeping pills. Then you have to go get a cup. You have to drug your wife's water with sleeping pills so that she'll pass out. But you can't just, like, pick up the cup and drag it to any sink, because you, your house has got, like, two sinks, and, like, the fridge, like, has got, like, a water pitcher in it that you can fill up the cups with. But to fill up the cup with the drugs, you have to go back into the bathroom and close the door and use it in the bathroom sink. And then come out, wait for your wife to say that she's thirsty. Give her the cup of water. 
let her drink it, then sit down on the couch and talk to her because if she starts eating, it doesn't trigger the next, like it doesn't trigger this. It goes into the eating thing and having the the conversation about the baby. Yeah, yeah, this seems so to, uh, very convoluted. So you have to get her to sit down on the couch and talk to her about her poetry book. Then she goes, oh man, I'm really tired all of a sudden. Uh, we'll just save the dessert for later. Yeah, it's like, so then yeah, it's she like goes that into the bedroom. Bill cost me that one time. So then she goes into the bedroom, lays down, and goes to sleep. Then you have to collect a couple of items from the house, then hide in the closet, wait for the cop to come in, go to investigate, walk into the bedroom, flip on the light switch, electrocute himself so that he passes out, go handcuff the cop, steal all of his stuff, and interrogate him. And you have to you have to do this, all of this stuff, and interrogate him and finish the interrogation before the arbitrary timer runs out, signifying that you've taken too long in the loop for it to reset. And then he gives you some inf- information that you need that sort of opens it back up into a wide range of things that you can do before it narrows back down again. And that whole pathway, like, to figure that out, I could not, like, get the timing right. I got frustrated. I don't see how anybody would get that uh, right without just absolute frustration so then i looked up the guide figured out that i had to do that so then i did that and then afterwards i was able to complete the rest of the game without needing the a guide except for the last fucking thing which i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna spoil well, you're gonna ruin the ending of this game uh, because at this point all right okay well fuck it i'll just say it so you get the you get the pocket watch mm-hmm. it's it's a pocket watch that's like supposed to be valuable it just looks like a gold watch Throughout the game, it morphs into a clock, like just sort of a generic clock um, that's just smaller, you know, that you see on like a wall of a doctor's office or something. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the game, like the hands are broken and just like dangling at the bottom of the clock. And you have to, with with your mouse, like click on it and manipulate the hands to the right time and then just like sit and wait for it to like wind itself back up. That's the only other time that I was like, wait, what am I supposed to do? Right. Because it's like, I was just like flopping the hands around randomly on the clock trying to make it do something. Do something. But the game has got multiple endings. When I say multiple endings, like it's it's like a progression of endings. Like you can quote unquote beat the game. You can actually clear the, you know, quote unquote clear the time loop and get an ending. But you can keep going to get another ending then you have to reset your game progress. Like you, there's an ending that you can, like an ending choice that you can pick after you've completed the game once, and you go back to the ending again a second time. There's an ending choice that you can pick that like wipes your save data, so you have to start over, Ugh. do the whole game again. Then when you get back to that point, you get quote unquote the true ending. The true which ending. I think, not your child. Which I think is brilliant. I think the true ending of the game is brilliant but the journey to get there is at best frustrating anyone who plays games for mechanics is going to quit after two hours so other words because the mechanics become atrocious so other words do not touch this right probably not no there are some interesting endings that you can get by like going to complete the loop like there is a um, quote unquote perfect ending. There's an achievement for it 
that you can get. I did not do this. I did not go through all of the steps to do this. I, I looked this up on a, a YouTube video afterwards, look, you know, looking for like endings that I missed. Where that you can complete the day, you can do everything perfectly, you can get like the cop to leave, you know, nobody is harassed, your wife is fine, you're fine, you go to the bedroom, and like you start to have sex. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't like show anything, but like, you, you know, you're starting to have sex and the day resets. And he's like, you know, Let me your guess, the character is like, bald. <laughs> no, I think the achievement is called like perfect day or something like that. But he's like, what? I did everything right. I got a perfect ending. Really? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some like gruesome stuff. Like you can, like, you know, I said that you can shoot yourself. Like there's an ending where you wind up like getting a gun and you can choose to shoot yourself if you want. Like you can leave the apartment at any time and it resets the day. But I was like, for what had just happened, I was like, I think it's thematic that he shoots himself. And he shoots himself, and he doesn't die instantly. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, in, in, in real life... Because he fails that. that. And that's what he says. He's like, oh my god, I can't even do that right. After you've done the loop a whole mm-hmm. bunch of times. And what happens in that previous loop is that, like, he lets his wife die so that he can, like, learn some information. And, like, he picks up the gun. Like, in, in my mind, I'm like, well, he's gonna pick up the gun and he's gonna shoot himself. So I had him pick up the gun and shot himself. Like, I one, I wanted to see if you could do that. And two, I was like, thematically, this makes sense. But, you know, it in, in real life, shooting yourself in the head with a small caliber pistol is not usually instant death mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, um, you want something that will get some even, nice brain spray, right? Right? But, I mean, sometimes even people can survive being shot in the head with shotguns and mm-hmm. rifles and things like... You know, it's it's certainly more guaranteed if you try to blow your brains out, brains out with a rifle, mm-hmm. but there are stories of people who survive that, so... Anyways, it's it's an interesting game, and like I said, I love the thematic angle, I love the, you know, the storytelling, I love the narrative, but... And, and I don't know how you could have done the gameplay any better. I don't know how you polish this any more, because if you make it... It's in this, like, weird category where if you make it, quote-unquote, easier to do without a guide, it loses some of its impact, maybe even a lot of its impact. But keeping it the difficulty it is makes it really frustrating and makes it hard for people to get through. So, I don't know. I don't know if there's a better solution other than what I said, which is play two hours. When you get frustrated, quit, read a guide, and then watch a YouTube video. Could always just pick something else on Game Pass. I hear Age or of Empires you could do that. Four is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, I would. I would be pissed if I had bought this game. If I had spent more it's than basically how you know, it felt was super liminal. It's yeah. it's if one I had of those spent games more than like ten bucks. It's one of those games that has a really interesting and unique concept, but they overthink it. They try to be too clever with it, so. They muddle it. Yeah, they fumble the execution. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sort of like how Superliminal, uh, they uh, just couldn't uh, narrow down what they wanted to do with it, so they did everything with it and lost what made it so interesting. This one, they basically went full Sierra on it. And you never go full Sierra. Yeah. <laughs> and for those who, no. never, uh, who don't know that pain, you're lucky. And get off my fucking lawn. 
Yeah. You're also so bay. Um, yeah. So that's that's 12 minutes. There you go. Um, it would have been hilarious if, uh, you know, at partway through you just started talking about it all over again, like, like the loop. Just start, yeah, just start over from the beginning. I God, I love Willem Dafoe. He's so crazy. He's he's got to he he has to suffer from some kind of mental health condition. He has to. Either that, or he's just like a a genius. One of the two. Either he's got like multiple personalities or schizophrenia or something. Well, I I, I blame I blame under control. I blame the Joker. Or sorry, the Goblin Toxin. <laughs> right. Yeah, that or he's just a genius. Uh, I think he's just a genius because, according to this, uh, he's basically the complete opposite of everything he is on screen. Dang. Well, all right. Well done, Willem Dafoe. Okay, you want to go talk about uh, a thing on fire, Uh, a bad thing, Amazon's new world? Yeah, a a whole new world, right? (laughs) Of fuck ups. A whole new world. Oh, so Amazon released their MMO. I think it was a couple weeks ago, and we just didn't talk about it because uh, there was this big marketing push, and everybody was talking about how awesome it was. And honestly, you know, talking about how awesome something is is kind of boring, right? Especially, yeah, if I mean- especially if we're not playing it, right? I'm at the yeah. uh, point in my life where. I don't think I have the mental capacity for an MMO. Uh, not, you know, that I'm dumb, which, okay, I'm a little dumb. Uh, but be able to sit through all the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, listening to Pro Jared, uh, you know, since, you know, I have a podcast with Amateur Jared. Right. Uh, talk, I'm okay Talk about uh, Final Fantasy Eleven, which was the first Final Fantasy MMO. And... He was talking about all the stuff in it, and there was a lot of parallels to the old school MMOs of the day that I played, especially like EverQuest, where you die, you lose experience, and you get D-level and lose uh, access to the gear you got, uh, to your abilities. And I'm, and he's talking about how awesome it was and how much he loved it as a kid, and I'm just sitting here thinking, how the hell did I ever put up with that? <laughs> Yeah, that's terrible. That sounds so terrible mm-hmm. to me. But I think that's the difference in, in youth versus crotchety oldness. Because mm-hmm. like when you're a youth, like you've got lots of time and you know are energetic, but you don't have you know other things in your life. Well, also, and, uh, well, uh, when I was playing EverQuest, you know, I was part of a, a guild, and you know, uh, was all was taught to be very careful with my levels to. Make sure I always had plenty of buffer, you know. So there is that, and also there was a way to recoup most of the experience. So, right, yeah. But anyways, so uh, Amazon released their MMO, and basically, like once the honeymoon period of like three days, where people couldn't even log into the damn thing. Uh, ran out. Yeah, because it was so bombarded. Yeah, which uh, uh, oh, here's the first dumpster fire of the the day is that okay? So they capped each uh, server to a certain number of layers. Yeah, 
fairly typical for MMOs. And uh, and typically, whenever I do MMO launches, there's always massive queues and stuff because they don't want to do you know uh, enough to uh, take on that initial glut because you know that's going to be like peak time that everybody's going to want to play. Then it drops down to your standard number. So uh, they have their servers, from what I understand, set up in regions. You know, like. Uh, North America, East, North America, West, Asia, you know, typical for MMOs. And characters are in regions. Well, they originally said that once they allowed uh, server transfers, you would be able to go between regions. They reneged on that. So that lost them a lot of players to begin with. So they're down a half a million players from uh, launch, by the way, right now. And it just launched, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, uh, three, four weeks. Uh, I'm going to double check the uh, September 28th. So just over a month, which yeah, four right, uh, four, four four weeks ago from time of recording. Yeah. And there's some things in this game that, after hearing you know, the honeymoon phase being over, it's just what the hell that the game relies on a lot of info being done on client side, which is a red flag. Typically, games that do a lot of client side uh, processing and character trust are exploited amazingly crazily. And uh, New World is no exception. So I, I teased you before we recorded. And have you had time to think about this? There is an exploit that makes your character not only invulnerable, but also completely immobile so that you would not be able to take falling damage because you just kind of hover in the air and it restarts your falling. And I said that there is a crazy exploit that people are doing in this game that you would not believe. Do you Have you thought about that? In, uh, any guesses on what that is? Um, I thought about it for a second, <laughs> and then we started recording. And I told you I was going to go into it blind, so... Do you, do you wish um, to guess? Do I wish to guess? Yes, I would like to, to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, I'm thinking it's going to be something stupid and, like, that isn't, shouldn't be related at all, but because the game is, like, busted on the back end... Like it interrupts some process. I'm gonna say that players can type something in the chat. Oh no, no, that that, no, that like... crashes other people's clients. But we'll get to that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's fuck. Yeah, yeah there's HTML injections into the uh, into the uh, game t- uh, chat uh, rooms. So if yeah. you uh, hover over the wrong thing, it could not only crash your client, but there's also instances of it crashing people's computers. Okay. So, uh, so good guess, but you hit the wrong exploit. <laughs> I don't know how I feel that it's like, well, if you just, you know, throw out an exploit there, you'll hit a major issue with the game. And the fact that it had, uh, it basically trusted people to use HTML, right? Yeah, no, you don't, you don't do that. You, you can't trust people to do things like that. Um... 
Oh God, I don't, I don't know. Okay, I, I made a guess. You tell right, me. Okay. You tell me. What's this exploit? All right. In order to make your character completely invulnerable, and this also works as a gold dupe, by the way, because of course it does, or one of many that's been discovered. You play a window mode. You grab the window and you jiggle it. <laughs> <laughs> and because of how Windows <laughs> handles the uh, the task, and because everything is done client side on character damage and character location, it causes the uh, the process to interrupt for a second. And when it restarts, it restarts everything. So whenever somebody is doing this on their client, if you're looking at their character on in the game, they're hovering. And wow. invulnerable. Wow. God, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. That's just stupid. I mean, it's funny, you know. It's funny because we and, didn't pay money to play this. How about that? Yeah. On, on the one hand, you know, like, sure. Bugs happen in development. Sometimes weird bugs. You don't realize that something, you know, might be a bug until it gets pushed to launch and somebody is, is doing things. Like, on the one hand, I get that. And if, if maybe there was only, like, one major bug or a couple, but it sounds like that I just, you know, you just take the shotgun, you know, shotgun approach, or, you know, you throw shit against the wall to see what sticks, and all of it sticks, that that's says to me, like, incompetence somewhere. Developer incompetence or management incompetence or something you know it's like oh let's just push this product out it's fine that's what that says to me yeah and then there's the html injection in uh, chat that amazon's claiming has been partially fit or that they fixed that some people are saying that isn't fixed that uh could uh, cause an image to pop up <laughs> because of course right so you know all the fun things that they can happen with that uh, that yeah. calls the computer to essentially eat all of the uh, available RAM to crash either the client or the system itself. Um, the jiggling thing, if you're doing it while trading, it'll cause the trade to fail. But it would also dupe both the money being traded and the item. <laughs> so, right? And mind you, this is uh, uh, they're using kind of the EVE model here, where there's a very little gold being actually, well, outside of all the dupes and everything, injected into the economy, and everything is uh, player made and it's a player driven economy. So yeah, that's makes it even worse. It's it's like having an item or a really 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 easy item dupe in Eve, right? Yeah, and I mean you know it, that would destroy the in game economy. Especially, I'm assuming it's destroying the in-game oh, economy yeah. for this game too. Yeah, and they're working on trying to uh, to fix it by uh, hang on. Uh, according to this, stopping all gold transfers for the time being. <laughs> because right, yep, that'll that'll do it. You just shut down your entire in-game economy. That's fine. Oh, sign of a healthy system, right there. It's it's not. I'm lying. Huh. <laughs> uh, it's just what the hell is going on? I, I think it's taken this long to uh, for news to break because one, you know, people had to actually get into the game, so that took a week. 
Yeah. And plus, yeah, it would level up a bit. And, you know, MMOs are always kind of sluggish in the beginning. And for an MMO news to really make mainstream, it has to hit like a, a certain snowball effect. Oh, and mind you, something else is that the only way to report bugs, okay, you're going to love this one. <laughs> so the only way to report okay. bugs, there's no like uh, form that you can fill out to send to the devs, all right? The only way is okay. through an open forum. So people could just go through and read all the bugs and exploit them before they're fixed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's that's not going to work out well for anybody involved. Especially for, you know, it, uh, you know uh, 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 like an online player game that's massive, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost like uh, a Mamorpaga. Nah, they'll never work. Uh, but yeah, I can imagine that going wrong in two ways. One, the one that you said, like, people would go and find exploits and use them before they were fixed. And two, like, that would just be a nightmare, like, spammed forum thread. And even if you had well, moderators, like, watching it. Yeah, and, just like, going through all the that, different like, threads on that forum because it's just, you know, uh, massive amounts of, <laughs> of uh, content there. It's yeah, just, it would be a mess. Like, at the best of times, it would be a mess. But, hey, you know. Oh, and also, uh, there's another one uh, saying that uh, people are doing HTML injection to... Basically, every time you hover over a modified item, it gave you 50 gold. Because it claimed that you were completing a quest that you hadn't completed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's like the chaotic neutral, you know, like a GTA Online hacker. (laughs) Yeah. Or, I guess, chaotic good. It's just, you know, th- it seems like it's going to be, they- they're going to have to do some, like some sort of rollback uh, to try to combat all of this. Because there's a lot of uh, of uh, economy manipulation going on here. If, Restart it. Do over. And for a game that's so focused on, uh, you know, a player economy, it's just, I just don't see how they bounce back from this. And, you know, it, yeah. The fact that they last, you know, half a million players in a month is not a good sign. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I could see them doing some stuff. Like, I, I mean, the only thing I could think that would fix it is if you fix the problems and then restart the game. Uh, basically do gonna... like a Final Fantasy, what was it, 14? Where they basically uh... shut things down, did a complete redo, and restart the game. Yeah, Final Fantasy 14, like rebuilt the entire game from scratch. Yeah, but uh, Amazon, they tend to unrelease games whenever they shut them down. <laughs> yeah, they just get rid of them. Yeah. So, I don't uh, I don't see this working out too too well. Who knows? Could be wrong. And mind you, uh, I don't it, think you so. Know, if you're in this on her PvP, well, you gotta watch out for the jigglers. <laughs> gotta watch out for the jigglers oh i love that thank you for that uh uh show title (laughs) gotta watch out for the jigglers yeah hell yeah let me get over here (laughs) to my notes there's the date gotta watch out for the jigglers um one one other like brief super brief thing is that we did get um a submission 
for this from uh, Q yeah. and our yeah, we, Discord. I think I used a different link, but it's essentially saying the same thing. Yeah, um, but you know, because there was multiple things, it kind of got rolled into a yeah, it, yeah, quote, he unquote, was formal uh, news topic. PC games in talking about how uh, this game has lost a half a billion players. Mind you, they launched to 650 concurrent players. Or 650,000, I should say. Uh, yeah, 650. That's the only ones that were able to get through the queue. Yeah. Oh. So, ready for our, our yeah. next new topic? Yeah, it's just... Dumpster fire. Uh, speaking of other dumpster fires... Yeah. Ubisoft Drinks the Crypto Kool-Aid announces plans to develop blockchain games. Oh. So... I mean, just the fact this, that Ubisoft's attached to something already makes it ick, right? It does not. It does not fill me with confidence. No. So, <laughs> this is a concept that I don't fully grasp. The idea of NFTs and blockchain, like uh, those concepts, I do understand. Speed. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. But we'll we'll get to that. So, the I mean, the ideas of of NFTs and blockchain. Those are things that kind of make sense to me. You know, blockchain, in essence, I mean, you know, if you want a a much more succinct explanation, like, you know, I can point listeners to YouTube channels to talk about cryptocurrency and history and current, you know, implementation and stuff. But super duper crash course in a nutshell, all a blockchain is, is like an uneditable record of transactions that shows how many types of a cryptocurrency has entered the market and who has them when and where and oh, don't by marketing anyone buzzword. right and anyone who goes in and who edits the blockchain to try and hack it while they might be successful in doing so they would it would be like a massive you know red like red flare that like someone came in here and messed with this at this point um, I, I heard it explained to me one time that it's like Legos, but each Lego can only fit two other Legos, the one that is underneath it and the one that's above it. And if you go in and you try and change it, that Lego doesn't fit anymore. And so anyone who comes and looks at your Lego tower can be like, well, there's the problem and find where someone messed with it and how. So super duper crash course explanation. That's what blockchain does. And by utilizing that, um, people created a currency and, you know, have since multiple digital currencies, which are resistant to hacking um, in a direct sense. Obviously, you know, social engineering or getting in there and messing with the levers per se. So instead of, you know, going in and directly stealing Bitcoin, if you go into, you know, a, an exchange, which this happened to, um, one of the first Bitcoin exchanges, um, someone hacked their system and put bots that did teeny tiny transactions, microtransactions, if you will, of Bitcoin out of its out of its account. Hey, I saw this move. Um, and so and nobody noticed what was happening until it had almost completely drained the account because they just looked like normal transactions. And they were they showed up as normal transactions on the blockchain. But, you know, it, it's not that someone hacked and stole the bitcoin per se they just manipulated the levers so it you know siphoned off little bits of bitcoin fractions of a cent if you will yeah, well um, you know the movie i'm referring to right i do office mm-hmm. space yeah um 
It was a bit so, boring, but still, I same idea. Right, but when you said that, that's where where I went with fraction of a cent. Okay, so I mean that's that's blockchain in a nutshell. You can use it for all kinds of stuff, not just cryptocurrency. Um, security applications use it a lot because um, it's an easy way to track if someone comes in and and attempts or succeeds in hacking your your software. You know, it leaves quote unquote a digital fingerprint that is easy to figure out and track. Um, then NFTs, non fungible tokens is a way to apply blockchain to quote-unquote digital property. Um, Mostly what we've seen so far is in the form of like images or specific pieces of code, like a tweet or a Facebook post or a, a, a JPEG or a, you know, a PNG of an image that somebody puts up. And... Again, super duper crash course. You're attaching blockchain to that, and then you pay to have ownership or a share of ownership and that digital Yeah, internet dips. Yeah, internet dips. Um you know, on on the one hand it sounds kind of ridiculous, but on the other hand, that's kind of what we do with physical property. Like we I just call dibs on this land and I pay somebody some money. You know, I pay a bank some money. And they officially announced that, yes, I do have dibs on this land. Obviously, the difference is physical versus you know, owning real a real world item or owning dibs versus on a owning it. Right. Yeah. 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 The concept is the same, but it's, it's the, you know, the application of it. So that's blockchain. That's NFTs. Blockchain, smart, good idea, lots of good applications. NFTs, pyramid bullshit, scheme. stupid pyramid scheme application. Of Which blockchain. it makes sense why Ubisoft right? is so interested in it. Right. So that's that's where we're at. Hopefully, everyone is on the same page of a basic, you know, understanding of of this. Then comes Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. and Ubisoft. Ubisoft is not the first. They're probably the biggest that I'm aware of that has made an announcement of this, but they're not the first company that has came along and said, we're going to create a game utilizing blockchain technology, you know, buzzword bullshit, but, you know, utilizing blockchain technology and make money. And I don't, I don't know what that means. I have no idea how they are going to turn this into a viable gaming product and maybe they won't but somebody will and i cannot see that going well for anyone involved because what they're going to have what's going to happen is that they will create something that scams the end user in some way so steam recently banned all uh cryptocurrency related games like cryptocurrency mining games um there was we talked about this at some point there was a game or a couple of games that would run um mining applications in the background on people's computers and utilize their computers to mine you know cryptocurrency without the player's knowledge or consent and not for the player's Um, benefit either no and not for the player's benefit and so steam just said well we're gonna you know, we're just going to ban all of those. Like, you know, we're going to bring the ban hammer down on those. That, you know, this is not good. And I, I agree with that. I actually agree with Steam's decision to do that. Um, I don't have a problem with cryptocurrency. I mined it for a while as like a hobby to, to learn. I trade cryptocurrency. Like, 
at the end of the day, the way that it's treated and on the financial institute as like a, is, is a speculative commodity. Um, you know, and, and that's, I'm going to say fine. And if someone wants to come unpack that with me later, I will gladly have a larger conversation with you about the impact of cryptocurrency on the environment and the financial institute. But and for the sake of this podcast, forget, uh, yeah, actually being able to find a goddamn graphics card. Right. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say that's fine. Asterisk. Okay. Um, so anyways, I was fine with Steam or Valve banning those games. The only way that I see this going, the only two, two ways that I see this going is that it's some kind of scam where that this game, like you agree in some archaic EULA, you know, by default, you're opted into this system or something, a game probably that they give you quote unquote for free. But what it's doing is they will have created their own cryptocurrency or linked it into another cryptocurrency and you will mine this cryptocurrency as you play the game. My bet is, or my guess is that they say, well, it's free to you. And the way that you pay, you know, for it is that you minus this cryptocurrency and they'll minimize it. They'll minimize, or, you know, they'll at the very least minimize, you know, what they say its impact is. And they might even actually minimize the impact, but well, this you will have hundreds of thousands. Or yeah, Martin it is, himself. but you will have. But you will have hundreds of thousands or millions of players mining cryptocurrency for Ubisoft. That's the first way that I see it going. The second way that I see it going is that um, you will mine this cryptocurrency for yourself, but it will be like uh, script, you know, f- company money that, per that's, se. That's uh, how I understand that it's supposed to go down, essentially. Uh, there was a, another YouTube video that I walls that I watched earlier today. I could dig back in my history for it, but also uh, it was one of those things that yeah, I didn't want to spring on you uh, right before recording. That basically, yeah. so uh, as you play the game, uh, from what I understand, this was someone that talked about uh, an earnings call that Ubisoft did uh, and how blockchain and, uh, and especially NFTs are going to infect gaming in the coming couple years uh how ubisoft wants to handle it is that as you play the game you're mining their cryptocurrency and you use it to buy nfts through ubisoft system for ubisoft stuff to give you permission or uh, ownership of parts of the game uh, essentially dlc which in turn gives you more uh power to buy more cryptocurrency and it turns into a feedback loop. And it just seems scummy. Yeah. Yep. I don't see that going well for the players either, because it'll it'll you know, they will find a way. I'm sure there are easier ways and harder ways, and I'm sure they will find all the ways and then if you stop which the, to exploit and if you stop the email you about how you're a failure. Right. They will find all the ways, easy and hard, to exploit players with this. You know, they'll keep moving the goalposts on how much the currency is worth, or and they'll also, attach extra and little, like, fees ecosystem. to it. And yeah, it's, it's a, a closed ecosystem. It's uh, a free-to-play game with extra steps. Yeah, so... At least that's my understanding you know, of it, which, honestly, 
a lot of this blockchain and NFT stuff, it, it just still goes right off of me. It just feels like a scam. Yeah. Because there's just so much room for scummy activity that it, it hits that red flag of scam, 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 avoid. Don't need to know more. And so many... And there have been a number of scam, like a lot of scam cryptocurrencies created. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people, people being scammers have made billions, like with a B, billions of dollars off of people, especially when cryptocurrency was a lot more speculative. I mean, it's still speculative, but like in that period between the Wild West beginning of, of cryptocurrency and how that cryptocurrency has kind of been adopted by most online sort of banking systems now you know you've got coinbase paypal's involved robin hood uh weeble um a couple of other like online you know stock trading companies they're all legitimizing cryptocurrency at this point um granted plenty of, of scams still exist out there but you know generally speaking like fewer now but there was a time period like 2015 to 20 18 where that there were a shitload of cryptocurrency scams anyways yeah yeah oh this just seems like such a bad place for triple a gaming to go yep but i mean you know they always move the goalposts and make it worse you know like this well well, this we don't will happen we know why they're doing this as well because people are, or governments are cracking down on loot boxes, so they have to go somewhere else because they have that taste of all that extra money they can make on top of selling games. Yeah. And never mind. Oh, I just had a thought. I bet I know where they're going to tie this in first. Their, their okay. Assassin's Creed game. Remember that, you know, Assassin's Creed as a service? Perpetual Assassin's yeah. Creed. Yeah. That has to be where they're going to go first. Yeah, a big uh, IP. Uh, games as a service. Why not throw something else in, right? Yeah. True. It, um, you could have internet dibs on you know, the burning of Rome, right? I, I, I want internet dibs on the burning of Rome. I'm not going to buy an NFT. <laughs> Fuck that. But I kind of want that. I kind of want internet dibs on the burning of Rome. But I mean, see, people who... I mean, that's where they'll get you. People who do want that, who will spend money on it. The uh, the whales, right? Yeah. I'm certainly no whale, unless you look at my waistline. But <laughs> that's that's not the kind of whales that they want. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, on the in the grand scheme of things at this point, cryptocurrency is no more or no less scammy than most of the rest of global financial institutions for better or for worse. I mean, it's all, it's all bullshit. All of it's bullshit. Just this system that's built, you know, on shit, you know, on shifting sands that we've all collectively came together as a society or somebody did and was like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. Like it's all bullshit. So cryptocurrency is kind of, been legitimized the same level as some of the other stuff and for better or for worse that's where we're at yeah woo so there there you go Lexi 
that's the interesting conversation we had about it. I, I had a, a like a brief Twitter back and forth with my my artist friend Lexi, who was also a spider on Twitter. Yeah, who who was yeah, a spider? Yeah, she, that's yeah, her internet persona. Yeah, she's a web crawler. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so simple and beautiful. You, I love you didn't it. think about that one, did you? No, I've never thought about that one before. But yeah, she and I had a, a little brief Twitter exchange about NFTs, and um, she was like, yeah, I look forward to hearing what you're going to say on the show about it this week. Well, there you go, Lexi. Crash course on cryptocurrency and blockchain and NFTs and, and uh, another pair sad information schemes. about financial and another institutions. Pyramid schemes. Uh, yeah, and other pyramid schemes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let me get back over here to my notes. So, moving on next to topic. something good, question mark? Maybe. Something that's not as bad. So, Sony uh, is forming a new label, PlayStation PC, for its PC games push. Which shows, you know, a real initiative that, hey, uh, PC gamers will buy our, you know, three and four year old games because, you know, it's impossible to get a current gen PlayStation. <laughs> Right, I mean, not not only that, but it's it's like and, and no way, other way to play them. Yeah, and, and I think that they have figured out that PC gamers, by and large, are going to stick to playing games on PC. They've already got a you know several hundred to several thousand dollar piece of gaming equipment in their home that they can use at a desk and a couch, laying in bed, like so. They're not going to buy our hardware. Might as well sell them our software. And I'm 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 all about that. I can yeah, handle there, that. Uh, there are people that are upset about that about yeah you know, PC gamers uh, getting old uh, PlayStation exclusives. You that you want to say to that? Fuck those people. Yeah, fuck those people. I agree. Not literally. Don't literally fuck. I them. mean, they're, honestly, they're console assholes, exclusives but... are harmful to gamers in general. They are good for the corporations. They're good for the bottom line of the console sellers, the console manufacturers. But they are not player incentives. You do not benefit directly by having the Spider-Man be a PlayStation exclusive. Right. You don't have internet dibs on the Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not have internet dibs on the Spider-Man. And it just kind of blows my mind that there's people that are so active and uh, active in dissuading uh the spreading of gaming you know yeah i mean i know we're not gonna see a first party mario target on pc anytime soon yeah nintendo has way too much money invested in uh, their own little weird thing uh so that leaves Xbox and PlayStation, and Xbox is and Microsoft has been doing really well at spreading the love over there with the uh, Game Pass. Hell, yep. uh, uh, first day releases, right? Yeah, just two more days. Forza Horizon Five, day one. I already got it pre-installed on my mm-hmm. PC. Yeah, I think I have it pre-installed as well. I had I hadn't seen it install anymore, but. I guess we'll see, right? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, you and I have have been proponents for years of like put games on PC. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll buy them on PC if the price is right and you know they're available and they work. Uh, they they Otherwise, work well. we'll pirate That's the them. thing, right? Because 
Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, we'll just pirate them. We don't need, we don't need to go buy your hardware. I mean, Nintendo is kind of an edge case, really. Yeah. Because there's... and I mean, you know, Nintendo should should put their games on PC as well. I think that they should. Like, I believe that. I wish they would. But Nintendo is the only one out there that kind of. I mean, they're they're. I mean, it's not like they're completely off on their own. Nintendo does what what Nintendo you know wants, but they're not on an island in the greater sense of the industry. But Nintendo, I think most people just tend to think of Nintendo as their own separate thing, mm-hmm. and I do that too. I'm guilty of that too. Well, it's just simply because yeah, Nintendo does things so differently. Sometimes for good, sometimes bad. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But Nintendo always always does what they mm-hmm. do. So, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of the thing, is that it's hard to talk much more about this because it's such a positive thing and there's really no you know, downside, at least, at least to us, because, you know, we're PC gamers. If we were heavily invested in the uh, you know, the Sony uh, infrastructure, you know? You know, we, we had the uh, PlayStation 5, the, you know, the custom game uh, uh, game rig for it and everything, right? We'd probably be pissed. Yeah. But we're not. Probably a little bit. But yeah, you're right. We're not. Now, Grant, I, I don't want to say, like, also, like, I don't think any of our listeners think this, but just to be, you know, to be clear, especially if you've got somebody new or whatever, like... <laughs> I, I'm not down on anybody if they enjoy gaming on console for one reason or another, Passing. you know? <laughs> I mean, like what you like. As long as you're not hurting other people, like, that's fine. You know? I don't care. Like, if you're having a good time and I'm having a good time, like, that's fine. Um, but when you start, like, lashing out and being pissed off, like, that, you know, PC gamers get access to, you know, old oh, no, games we're gonna and be it's able not to exclusive play, anymore. We're going to be able to play uh, God of Boy. Uh, four years after it released, right? Yeah. So, you know, if that's something that really bothers you, like, that's, you know, you're you're tipping over the edge there, like, so. Anyways, yeah. Like what you like, play games, but it's much better that they all come to console, or not console, fuck. I mean, well, you know what? Fuck it. Bring all games to all consoles, all games to PC. Uh, they won't do that. That would completely destroy the market. But, you know, play stuff wherever you want to that's available. Just don't be a dick about mm-hmm. it. Uh, but that's kind of the rule of general. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, just don't be a dick. 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 Don't be a dick, you dick. Dick. Yeah. All right, Richard. Uh, next up. Yep, next up, uh, we're going to dip into our community corner for one specific topic. Yeah, like um, you said, you had a back and forth with uh, your little web crawler. Uh, right. Uh, that was our Twitter thing for the week because you tagged us. I did do that. Ding. Ding. Uh, but we also got a, uh article, well, we had the one from Cube that was mirroring one I already had in the show notes, so... It, it was pretty much the exact same thing. And we had one from Jim talking about Call of Duty. And how the wildfires ended up in Call of Duty Vanguard, which... Is this the one where they're going back to World War Two, Or is this a different one? 
Yes, this is the one where they're going back to World War Two. I'm not sure if you're being it being no, uh, uh, well, uh, sarcastic or not, uh, but sort of, but not really, because Call of Duty uh, goes back and forth in its timeline so damn often that it's hard to really keep track of what setting they're doing, especially since Call of Duty is a yearly release, so it's right. Yeah, and I gotta admit, so I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I really don't care about Call of Duty. No, I mean, from a personal standpoint, I don't really give a shit about Call of Duty either, but this is just an interesting article talking about, you know, a one aspect of, of game development and how, um, the, and I, I'm, let's see, does it say in the article what this guy's, like, job title is? Uh, oh, okay, here we go. Senior lighting artist, uh, at Sledgehammer, Ga- Sledgehammer Games when they were working on Call of mm-hmm. Duty. So this was, uh, last year during, uh, one of the California wildfires. Yeah, and they were they didn't wreck this, the forest. Yeah. Oh God. Where where this this person Sorry. Cecil Cecil Powell uh, was living in California, working on um working on Call of Duty Vanguard, and they were working on lighting. Um, and they spend a few days. Yeah, I'm par- like paraphrasing the article here. They they spend a few days in their office, you know, working, kind of looking up at. Uh, the sky with sort of the eerie red-orange glow and smoke from the fires that they can see in the distance. And he got the idea to go out and um, photograph and film it um, and use it as a lighting reference for the game, um, which is neat. Um, you, you know, I, I'm, I am not a photographer. I took, like, one class in school and have watched some YouTube videos. I'm not a filmographer. I took one class in school and have watched some YouTube videos. But one thing that comes up, like, constantly is that, like, there's no better lighting conditions for most situations than natural light. And if you can get a natural light source of any kind in any condition that's trying to match what you're trying to do, it makes creating a scene or a composition or a shot for a game or a movie or whatever, you know, much, much easier because you've got a reference point that is true to life as much as possible. You know, some things, you know, it's, it's, we, we can't, you know, directly perfectly capture an environment. We can do a really good job, but between the capture process and then like putting it on a screen for editing, like, you know, you lose just a smidgen along the way, but as close to life as possible. And that's a, it's pretty neat. It, it's pretty neat. Um, you know, sort of the old, like, what's the adage? Like, watching how the sausage is made. Well, only you know, this like, is the opposite of that. Because you kind of, well, once you know it, it's like, oh, I want to see more. Instead of, yeah. Ew. Well, I mean, as someone who grew up on a farm and has actually made sausage, like, that's fine. I'm I'm desensitized to that stuff. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the diabetes, like, if there's ever a, an apocalypse scenario, like, everyone should come to me. Actually, you should still, everyone should come find me. Bring me insulin. I will teach you survival <laughs> skills before it runs out, and then I'll die. <laughs> and y'all can... Or just can... bring your food uh, so, uh, to the office so that you can cook it. <laughs> right. I'll show up on my walk. Oh. We can have, uh, right? have post-apocalyptic uh, Iron Chef. <laughs> Yep. I had chips and salsa for lunch today. Like, just, that's it. Chips, they, they, uh, one of the local Mexican food restaurants, you know, 
makes their own chips and makes their own salsa, like pretty common at, you know, decent, decent restaurants mm-hmm. that they do that. And so like, I just, t- we went there for dinner. Uh, we didn't go, we picked up dinner from there. I should say last night stuff was going on. Didn't have time to cook dinner. So went and picked up some food, had shitloads of leftover chips and salsa. And I just took that to work yeah, today. I admit, and that, I had that for lunch. Uh, chips and salsa being given that at a Mexican restaurant. That's like my, barometer of how good the restaurant's gonna be you know dude these are kick-ass chips and salsa it's mm, so good they're they're fresh thick chips Mm -hmm. salty see the ones around here they usually don't salt them gotta salt the chips well they leave it for uh the customers to salt customers are idiots Uh, I'm an idiot. I want my chips pre-salted. Well, uh, one of the things I, to your one, recipe. One of the things I love to do is uh, uh, with uh, tortilla chips is a little bit of true lime. Uh, it's a dehydrated uh, uh, lime juice, essentially. Uh, yeah. So you have just that hint of lime. By the way, we made it. We got to food. <laughs> it took us an hour and a half. Hey, but you we started made it. it to f- we did it, guys. You, we did you started. it. I did start it. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about food for at least a minute. We did it, guys. Woo! So anyway, about those wildfires, right? Right, about those yeah, wildfires. Yeah, they, they should have just I mean, broke I mean, the forest. It would have controlled it. I don't really have much more to say. This is yeah, a really it's, interesting it's, it's article. It's interesting, but there's not a lot to talk about, at least in my opinion. Maybe it's just you know, because we're apathetic about Call of Duty. You know? Well, I mean, it's it's... <laughs> the, sorry, <clears throat> the the creation. I think the process yeah, is really yeah, interesting. The process is interesting, but it's kind of lost on me, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like, oh, that's neat. And like, I read the article, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm glad I know that now. Moving on, like that's kind of how my brain categorized yeah. it. Like maybe someone out there who's listening, like if they're yeah, you know, sort of like that one meme. Oh, oh no! Or, anyway, All right, right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, maybe someone who does photography or filmography or something like might find this a lot more interesting. And if so, you know, feel free to tell us about it. Where can they do that, Rach? Well, if you wish to email us, you could do so vjobpodcast at gmail.com. You could tweet us vjobpodcast on said Twitter. Or you could drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vjobpodcast.podbean.com. And how do you feel about doobly-doo? I'm all right. I'm good to do one if you are. Okay, so I'm going to paste uh, my first one in because, of course, I have it set it up and hit the music. Uh, yeah, what did you get? I'm packing this one. Eh? Yeah. Uh, so, unpacking. Yeah. Uh, this is one I've actually played a little bit on Game Pass. I haven't played enough of it to talk about it in depth yet. Uh, I will say that definitely not worth $20. Ten dollars would be pushing it. This is essentially a simulator of moving into di- different apartments and houses and unpacking your belongings and putting stuff away. It's kind of a Zen puzzle game. There is an option to turn yeah. off the puzzle aspect of it, but the main thing is kind of finding a place to put everything. You know, uh, like putting toilet paper on the to- uh, yeah, on the toilet paper roll and on the back of the toilet. Uh, putting all your books away, that sort of thing. And it's kind of a deep zen thing, but at the same time, 
there's only like five or six levels to this game, and they go by fairly quickly once you figure out everything. So it, I, I'm not convinced twenty dollars, unless right. you're uh, dedicated to going through and finding all the little achievements. Because there's different things that you can do. Like one I found haphazardly, I was just uh, moving stuff out of the boxes, placing it anywhere, then figuring it out later. Because once you get everything out of the boxes uh, and as you progress through the levels it, you essentially move to bigger and better places, at least so far in the game. Uh, uh, this woman, or girl turning into woman, uh, moves from uh, her uh, essentially college dorm uh, with just one room into her first you know, apartment. So it's a little uh, kitchen, a little bedroom and a bathroom. And once you unpack everything in that room, it highlights everything that's not in the proper place. So you have to try to figure out, okay, now where do I put it all, right? Yeah. And it's deep, but at the same time, it's doesn't really give you any context outside of just trying to figure out, okay, what the hell is this, right? Uh, but there is an option right. to just turn it off and just basically go into full-on Zen mode. But at that point, you're looking at a sub-two-hour game to go through everything. So, I'll talk about it more in depth once I go through another level or two uh, next week. Uh, if all things are go to plan. So, yeah. Uh, unpacking. A uh, lot to unpack there, huh? A lot to unpack there. Alright. <clears throat> I got uh, the Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy pop up. Uh, game. That, uh, that looks interesting, but I'm not sure about it, right? Because... I'm so I have heard good things about it, but most of those good things boil down to hey, this is an actual game instead of being like part of the weird, uh, you know, live service, whatever. Like it's a standalone single player game. And then I've heard a few good, like decent things about gameplay. Like there's this neat little sort of Guardians of the Galaxy, like silliness that has been built up from the, the movies, where they, they do like a huddle, and they talk about stuff, and, you know, it's kind of fun, and, you know, following, like, the tape, and you get, like, music, like, oh, that sounds super cool, but the rest of it is just kind of like, okay, so this seems like a mediocre third-person action game that is single-player and has, like, a complete story, so it's not, like, you know, a looter-shooter bullshit kind of thing like it just seems like average at best but then when you compare it to you know the previous marvel game everyone's like oh like like this is like a masterpiece by comparison so i don't know if it came to game pass i'd play it but i don't think i would buy it for anything more than like five bucks you know like that's kind of how i feel about it after marvel's release from Two two year, two years ago, or was it last year? Jeez, time is weird. <laughs> right, twenty twenty uh, lasted about a decade, and twenty twenty one is like a month. Right. So you all done? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so I got the new Jackbox Party Pack eight. Which uh, is there a lot to talk about here? I mean, it's essentially party games, trivia, uh, different oddball off the wall shit uh they are pushing more to have online functionality through uh 
streaming uh, uh, through Twitch, through uh, various casting services to be able to have, you know, not just couch co-op essentially. But it still doesn't offer proper matchmaking, which is disappointing, but right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It, it's still going strong. I'm not sure about 30 bucks for it, but that's also... I never really got the chance to play it. So, it's kind of... Eh, right? Yeah. But it also it looks like they're pushing a lot towards uh, Twitch integration, even, well, even more so. Uh, with uh, audience interaction, right? Yeah. Which good luck with that if you're not a big streamer. So you okay. got one? Yeah, I got uh, Inscription. So I've heard a, a few a few good things about this. Um, it is a uh, Devolver Digital. Uh, is this a published or developed? Devolver is always so interesting. Uh, okay, so it's a Devolver Digital published game, um, but what it is, is it's a, it's a deck building game, it's sort of a horror themed deck building style game, where that your cards are alive. Yeah, I had this pop up on mine, but I kind of skipped over it. Yeah, so your, your cards are alive, and whenever you play them, they can change and, like, be permanently, like, killed, um... You know, depending on what your actions are, and you, there's like incentives and rewards for keeping them alive, um, and they can get powered up and, and bonuses. It's it's got that sort of roguelite esque of like you know you do runs, but if your character dies, they become a card, which has interesting implications um, story wise. I don't I don't like scary things, so like the visual design like makes me feel creeped out, and I don't like that. But the actual, like, sort of game uh, elements and the story and kind of the intrigue there makes me want to play it. It's 20 bucks on Steam. I don't know if I'd want to pay, pay that to, to be, like, find out that it's too scary for me to play. Um, but if it ever came to, like, Game Pass or something, I definitely would, would try this game. And if it was cheap enough, I'd buy it. Okay, so I've got To the Rescue! Exclamation point. It's a dog shelter simulator where you're taking care of dogs and trying to adopt them out. Uh, basically a humane society. And this is a kind of hurry up and wait uh, situation because according to the reviews there are some massive, massive bugs with this game that are beyond just the fleas. Uh, some game breaking bugs, some freezing. It just came out so possibly patchable but at the same time Tough to justify a $16 game that you cannot, or have a good chance of not being able to play. So I would keep an eye on it if you're interested. I, honestly, I'd much prefer, you know, if they did, you know, just a general animal uh, shelter and you know, have cats too, because I'm a cat person. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a personal thing. I mean, it's nice to see something different, though, uh, in the uh, yeah, kind of simulator tycoon-esque era, area. Yeah. Uh, it does look like they're giving profits to charity as well, so there is that as well. So, or a portion of profits, I should say. I'm not sure if that's a permanent thing or if that's uh, temporary. I don't see exactly where they're saying that on here. It's one of the reviews mentioned it. 
But yeah. I mean, uh, something different, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I feel like maybe you got this one a while back, or I, I've heard about this somewhere. Uh, Imposter Factory? Did you have this one? Uh, I think I might have a few weeks ago. Or, alright, well, it's also from the creator of To the Moon, so possibly, but go for it anyway. Yeah, so Imposter Factory, as you just said, from the creator of To the Moon. Um, looks like it's a sort of Cthulhu-esque time loop murder mystery. Um, where that there's some, like, pretty interesting, like, Cthulhu-esque imagery of, like, tentacles coming out and, like, grabbing a planet or the moon or something. Hey, I, I mean, it looks hey, like I'm it's probably Earth. I'm into thinking he went there. Stop that. <laughs> right? Um, let's see. It says, okay, so here's the, de- the description. It says, Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosaline have peculiar jobs. They give people another chance to live their lives all the way from the very beginning. But this isn't their story. Probably. Instead, it's about Quincy. Let me tell you a story about him. Um, and it, you know, basically the stuff that I said. Uh, time loop game, Cthulhu-esque, big creepy mansion. So, it's, uh, I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot just based on the To the Moon connection. Mm-hmm. It's not, well, right now it's on sale. Uh, looks like it's launch sale? No? Sale for, for some reason. Um... For eight fifty, normally it's ten bucks. But I mean, given the connection, I would, I would pay ten bucks for it and just like give it a shot. So, I'm not buying any games right now, but yeah, because Christmas is coming up. That's right, the big winter sale. Woo, woo. woo. All right, so I got Demon Slayer Kimi no Yaba the Kimobi Chronicles. Uh, essentially, yes. Demon Slayer fighting game RPG game. If you're a fan of the anime Demon Slayer, or I believe it's a manga. I'm pretty sure it's a manga, because that's typically how it is with the anime these days. Either manga or one of the light or novels or something going on. Uh, then you're probably already all on a board on this. I'm not a huge fan of Demon Slayer, but yeah, it's nice to see more uh, anime games, right? And yeah. it is a pretty well pop, uh, pretty well, uh, pretty well reviewed, but a lot of uh, is like one or two word reviews, which is unhelpful. So there is that. So I would say take a look into. Uh, more in-depth reviews. But that's just me. Right. Okay. I got Railroads! It's it's all caps with exclamation points. Online. Um, Open world physics-based railroad simulator uh, where you build and drive your own railroads and trains and transport It's Railroads stuff. Online! Um, it's got, yeah, online. It's got a multiplayer online component. Um, oh, your kid's going to love this. <laughs> yes, I'm looking, and I assume that it's just like, you know, you can set up a, well, you know, a multiplayer well, game uh, or server also, for your friends. It's also physics-based, so it's all like, you know, manipulating all the controls manually instead of, you know, press button. Yeah, that could be a huge, huge mess. Um, depending on how how well they do, 
or how, how much how much actual physics they put give to the trains as they're driving around and how well they've put together those physics because I can't remember the name of it but it was that first person like VR train game that I played a year or two ago like when that game first launched and it was in like its beta phase and they like got the physics wrong you could crash a train by just like looking at it funny <laughs> and that's no fun so but yeah I mean I'm I'm interested in this it looks like it's just like you can invite players to, you know, have people come join your game for multiplayer. And I would be all about that, um, to play this with my kid. In fact, it's 35 bucks. I'm sure we'd have to have two copies. Um, I'm going to show him this tomorrow. And he's going to uh, love maybe it. Like, maybe, like, for Christmas, we'll get a couple of copies and he and I can start playing. Okay, so I got Escape Simulator, because everything has to be a simulator these days. It looks very inspired by We Were Here. As a matter of fact, uh, similar to the games you played, We Were Here together and We Were Here too. So, right? So, a yeah. fairly cheap uh, single or co-op uh, with uh, two to three players online, but does say playable with more. Uh, where you're going through escape rooms. Uh, there's some that uh, they made, but there's also community-made ones. Assuming that this has enough legs on the community. Which, oh, they do have workshop support. Uh, there's 500-some uh, on here already. So, yeah, there's also already a fair amount going on. But, yeah, just because there's a lot of ones on here doesn't mean that it, yeah, they're good, right? Yeah. It looks like it's more based around the idea of an escape room instead of, like, we were here together where it was, you know, uh, obscene, or, you know, I shouldn't say obscene, uh, obtuse puzzles that you had to figure out. It's more figuring out this set of clues that gives you a the answer instead of decipher world elements. You know? Yeah. To give you a... Try to explain it a little bit, you know. You know, like finding... Uh, they give me a, a, a book on... Uh, a book that you find that uh, in the in here that gives you hints that goes uh, to another piece that goes to another piece that also uh, uncovers things. It's more tied to a singular location than what we were here was, where it was uh, you know, more of an, uh, an adventure. That, that's right. at least what it seems like on here. If this looks interesting, though. If this goes... Uh, I'm going to add that one to my wish list. That might be one we can play together. We never finished We Were Here Together, actually. No, we didn't. We got, uh, we got like halfway through yeah, it, maybe. Yeah, it kind of lost its luster, huh? Yeah. Uh, just a lot of... Which sucks, but... Uh, just a lot of uh, really just obtuse uh, puzzle solutions on that one. So, yeah. anyway, continue on. Yeah, uh, I got Hot Wheels Unleashed. That's like a really oh, good that's... one. I've, I've been looking at that one. Yeah, I've heard good things about this, and I, I know that there have been a number of Hot Wheels games over the years. This one, and maybe they're all this way, and I've just like kind of taken a, you know... A, a break from like Hot Wheels in my brain or something. This one reminds me a lot of like Hot Wheels 64. Um, 
with like the tracks, the way that they look and are laid out and they're customizable. And I would assume that that's a pretty standard actually it hasn't of Hot Wheels been. games. Uh, really? Uh, from everything that I've understood, Hot Wheels uh, games just never really leaned into the fact that you know, you're like driving a Hot Wheels car in a giant world uh, like this one yeah. before. I could be mistaken on that one. I remember Hot Wheels 64 being like that. I used I played that a lot when I was a kid, but you know, I don't remember much about the Hot Wheels games in between because I know there's been a few. But um, you know, it's it's a Hot Wheels game. You're doing wacky arcade racing on Hot Wheels tracks. Looks like you can build your own tracks. There's some stuff about like some community features in there, so I assume like you can share tracks with the community and and whatnot. Um, you know. Sounds pretty cool to me. It's got local co-op, which this would be another fun game to play with my kid. And that I might play with my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 50 bucks. I don't think I want to pay 50 bucks yeah. for this, but it'll be cheaper one or day. Or it could come to Game Pass, perhaps. Or it, I yeah, mean, that would be a really fun one for Game Pass. It's, uh, all things considered, but I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if they've brought other ones from this to Game Pass. I don't think so, actually. Uh, so, speaking of Game Pass... I got a better uh, racing game, Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, can't nice. definitely say it's better because, you know, we still have a week till we can play it. Uh, you were thinking of right. the VIP early access on your release date, by the way. Oh, okay. Early access is uh, uh, the fifth for the premium edition, but we're, uh, yeah, Game Pass peasants. We're not... We're not paying a hundred bucks to go in five days early. Besides, no, I, besides, I have that. Animal Crossing to play on uh, the fifth. Don't judge me. I hear you judging. I'm not judging you. I hear you judging. Me. I'm not judging you. Uh, but anyway, is there anything that we could really say about Forza Horizon Five outside of just sheer excitement and perhaps mm. and perhaps winning some uh, VGL awards? Yeah, no, I don't think there's anything we can say about it. Basically, if you have Game Pass, uh, go preload. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Uh, We hope. Right. So, let's see. I got a couple of porn games. Uh, Another porn game. Alright, this is my last game. What is this? Steel Crew. You know what? It looks interesting. Let me... I'm just gonna blindly post this, and then I'll go read it. There you go, there's a link. I'll come at the, the title in a second. Steel Crew, join a tank as a driver, gunner, or commander and team up with and against other tanks in tank versus tank combat where tactics and communication is key. Oh, I'm yawning. This is a VR game. Well, they they had me up until that <laughs> Still don't have a VR headset. Uh, it does not require a VR headset, though. Oh, okay. It has cool. standard MVR. I mean, this looks like... This looks like World War Two era, World War Two maybe uh, Korean it de- era. It needs more cute girls tanks. doing cute tank ca- uh, girl things, right? Uh, Absolutely. That, that was an amazing anime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice. Okay, well, I've got a couple more on my queue, so we'll see what we have. But first up, oh, hang on, let me make sure I copy and paste that one. The Dark Pictures Anthology, House, The House of Ashes. This looks like it's a narrative-driven 
almost Telltale-esque style game where you're, you're kind of forging the story as you go through it. At the close of the Iraq War, special forces hunting for weapons of mass destruction unearthed something far deadlier. Buried Sumerian temple containing a nest of unearthly creatures. So, how about that? Uh, Iraq uh, did have weapons of mass destruction. Who knew? I've heard stuff about this game. I was like, hang on a second. And then you start talking. I was like, oh. Uh, this is from this. Supermassive? Yeah. I've not heard anything about this at all. It looks really interesting. But it's also... Yeah. It, this could be either really good or really bad. And I'm not sure which it is. And this is the third in the Dark Pictures anthology. Yeah, what I have heard about it is that it's surprisingly good. Like, it sets you up to expect it to be bad, and then it turns out to be good. It's supposed to be a pretty good psychological horror. Yeah. Which would be a nice change of pace, because typically horror video games is, ooh, jump scare, right? Yeah. Now, supposedly, it, it plays really well... Um, on and with sort of the idea of the, you know, sort of the American uh, war crime stereotype that, I mean, persists today, but, you know, in sort of the mid-2000s um, and does some interesting things with that and then actually seems to shine a pretty positive spotlight on the, the local population and one character that is from that nationality. So... Those are the things I've heard about it. Yeah, see, I hadn't heard anything about it. It just looked interesting, and that's really all I need for Discovery Q, honestly. In uh, my last two are some uh, a mecha game that is early access that has some pretty nasty reviews, and an Asian MMO that also has some pretty nasty, nasty reviews. So, yeah, right. Right. If it was a mech game and not a mecha game, I'd be tempted to post it just for you, but eh. Right? It's alright. So that is me done with my cue. Alright. Well, hey Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with the well, socials? I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me bitching on Twitter, gaming with CR. Or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me at Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTubes by searching for such. On Twitter, at JMA4707, you can watch me participate in a couple of game streams, uh, tabletop game streams, over at twitch.tv slash runicarts, where I play a horrible, horrible vampire man um, on Wednesdays and am running a game set in the Battletech universe on Fridays. Indeed. That- and once again, if you wish to contact us, uh, or the podcast, I should say, you can do so at VGL Podcast with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us, VGL Podcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. And if you wish to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice, or check out the RSS feed or links to all our stuff on the website. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this uh, uh, as possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Cube music is doubly due, both by Kevin McLeod 
and both can be found at his website over at incomputech.com and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice bye bye now see ya bye bye